us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for joining us as we talk about the Sport of Kings each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, right here, right now, always on target. Always having a good time, always waiting for the weather. That's what I'm looking at, the weather report for all the tracks on Saturday. You talk about thinking ahead. I don't know if it's going to do me any good, but I'm going to try my best. At least I'm going to come in prepared. Talking about prepared, Winning Pony's been doing very well as of late. Hope you've been taking it to the windows, cashiers that is. They have color-coded tiers, easy-to-use handy icons. Speed rating, and then they have a composite speed rating that takes the last three and comes up with a sweet little number there. Very effective. I love it when it has the little addition signs, double addition signs. I've yet to lose a race. Turf ratings, their own. Easy win forms can be used from the first-time player to the season pro. And always my favorite, the change of weather tab, because as a horse player, you really have to be cognizant of what is going on when it was really nasty at Belmont on Belmont Day, you could actually just go back and get a new set of easy win forms by just hitting the weather tab change. Makes it very nice. Most services, they deal it out 48, 72 hours in advance. And that incoming rain just changed the game. They're on Facebook, Twitter, testimonials, updates, blogs, stories, news, and free selections. What do you have to lose except some jeans, greens in your jeans, I should say, or some new jeans. Greens in your jeans. Check it out, www.winningponies.com. What's on the docket for tonight? We're going to do a recap of last week. We're going to go down the stakes results, some big ones. Story to get you moving. First segment, yes, special guest, very good friend of mine, good man in racing. Going to be a daggone good man. He's going to be one of the names you'll hear down the line. That or you'll see his face in the post office. No, I'm teasing Director of Racing at Colonial Downs, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer, is going to be joining us. He's, he's on hold. We're going to be jumping out to him. We're going to grab him right at the end, right in. We're going to give him a little kiss and then take it right into break and come back with Tyler. Uh, very, very smart man. Comes from a very good family of racing. Third segment, Lady H, Rosemary Holmeister, is going to be joining in to chat. Spoke to Rosemary this week. She's got to be one of the happiest and most positive people I've ever known. I think three drops of her blood in everybody is mandatory. For anybody listening and or if they're not listening, go up and, you know, tell them this for them. Then we're going to do a little news and final furlong handicapping if time allows. And hopefully we can pick up a few winners. And do such. Without further ado, we're going to jump in. We're going to get the uh, stakes results from last week. We had the Stephen Foster Churchill 
Churchill Downs, that is, grade one. I love this. Value of the race, 561300 Winner, pool play, Miguel Mena from Marcassi wins by a neck. The Vanity at Hollywood Park was a grade one. Now, this is a degraded. There's two big graded races there, and that was uh, the Vanity Hollywood Park, both of which received my money, both of which did not disappoint. The Vanity turns up blind luck. The winner, Garrett Gomez, for Jerry Hollendorfer by a half a length. Grade one at Belmont was the Ogden Phipps, $245,000, going to mile 16th. Awesome Maria goes to the winner's circle. Johnny Velasquez for Todd Pletcher wins by a three solid links over Peyton Dior and Super Expressa, running out the try. Then we go to the Pegasus at Monmouth Park, a grade three event, a mon- <laughs> monster, $195,000. Very nice indeed. Pants on fire is the winner, Rosina Pravnik and Kelly Breen. Teaming up to win by two, Concealed Identity and Turbo Compressor. The Matt Winter Churchill, Grade 3, $138,500. SCOTUS is the winner. Alan Garcia for Kenny McPeak. My goodness, is he heating up. Wins by a solid length over Infratini, and Joe Van rounds out the try. The Regret Stakes, Grade 3 at Churchill Downs, Mile and Eighth, Busy. Carolina is the winner. Manny Cruz comes from Florida and tearing up Kentucky. Kenny McPeak once again wins by two and a quarter lengths over Excited. The Jefferson Cup, grade three at Churchill Downs. Band is the winner, and Band wins easy. Jose Lescano for Tom Proctor wins by two lengths over Benergy. And then we have the Hill Prince at Belmont Park. It's a grade three race for $100,000 a mile on a turf. Street game, very impressive. Seven and a quarter lengths for Ryan Kurotalo, the 19-year-old for Phil Serp. Very impressive indeed. Nice rider, one to watch. Ryan Kurotalo, I know, master of the obvious right now. But this kid is 19, and on his way up in street game proved to be the real game. And then we had the Edward P. Evans all-along stakes, grade three at Colonial Downs. Value of the race, $100,000, a mile and an eighth on the weeds. Aruna is the winner, Ramon Dominguez. For Graham Motion, wins by a length and a half over Dynawalls. Apple Charlotte rounds out the try. So there you have it right there of what was happening last week. Real quick, I'll shoot you out the biggins. Because there's some monsters. Friday, June 17th, 169 total biggins. Arlington Park leads it in race nine, a super high five, 16,371.20, which is not chump change. And you can mail me the check if you're, if you're kind of disappointed with that. Saturday, June 18th, 189 total biggins. Louisiana Downs leads the pack, race nine, a super effective key, $41,083.40. Pretty good dinkum. Sunday, June 19th, 114 total biggins. Rio Doso Downs, race eight, a superfecta, 13,251.20. Monday, June 20th, 69 total biggins. Sunray Park, race nine, a superfecta key, $12,038. Tuesday, June 21st, 30 total biggins. Sunray again, race five, a little superfecta key, 3,689.40. Wednesday, the 22nd. Arlington Park Race 8 with a Superfecta, 1,358.20. Thursday, June 23rd, yep, that's today. Woodbine, race number four, a Superfecta key, 1,168 even. And racing is still ongoing, which means it can only get better from here. Speaking about it, only get better from here, let's jump out to our special guest, Mr. Tyler Pickles. Tyler, are you there? Hey, Ed, how you doing? Hey, doing great, man. Uh, very, very grateful that you're taking time out of your busy schedule. You actually are racing live tonight. Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, we, well, we were. Uh, I heard you talking about uh, looking at the weather earlier, and that's exactly what I was doing. Uh, we've had, 
you know, all the, all the rain that, uh, you know, was in Louisville last night sort of working its way here, and I thought we were going to get wet this evening and, and uh, just sort of missed it all. So uh, good news My for man, the oil I, tonight. I, I've heard some wonderful things, and we're gonna we're gonna just chat for a minute or two. Then we're gonna jump into a break, and and we're gonna I'm gonna go to a story here real quick. But wanted to know real quick. I heard that actually where you're at might be one of the three hottest places in the United States. Confirm uh, or deny? I will confirm. <laughs> uh, Colonial Downs, Ellis Park, and. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, somewhere in Louisiana, I guess, are the hottest places I've ever been, and they're they're all equal, equally as uh, as miserable. You're, you're saying that I wouldn't last long? No, I, I'm I'm lucky to <laughs> hold out the four months that I'm here. Believe me, my man, you're way too kind. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, flip up a little story here on uh, the DRF about Pittsburgh Phil, and then we're gonna go into a break, and we're gonna come back to you. Is that okay? Sounds good. Hang tight. Okay. That's Tyler Picklesheimer, director of racing at Colonial Downs, going to be joining us. Wanted to jump him in. Very good friend of mine and uh, good man for racing. Read a neat little story this week. It was in the Daily Racing Forum. I, the two historical points I always go for, the Daily Racing Forum and or Collins Ghost, which is a very interesting little historical blog. You know, it's all about history, and he's really methodical in his, his, his research, and I really enjoy it. Pittsburgh Phil, actually the godfather of handicapping, and it says, a pioneer in handicapping, one of the greatest horse players, George E. Smith, better known as Pittsburgh Phil, was collared in the paddock one day in the 1890s by a young Jacob Rupert, then a businessman and thoroughbred owner, later the owner of the New York Yankees. Rupert needed him about the easy life he led in just a few hours of pleasant work afternoon out in the open air and getting rich. Phil asked Rupert why he only came to the races on Saturday or when his horse was running. He says, because I have business to handle, Rupert answered. He says, then you don't think... Phil persisted, that if a merchant only gave four or five hours a day to his business, he would be successful in it. Rupert said he might not last a year. Neither would I, Phil said, in the business of betting. He often said the reason most bettors lose is their unwillingness to put it in the time. He once observed playing the races appears to be one business in which men believe they can succeed without special study, special talent, or special exertion. Shortly before he died in 1905 of tuberculosis, at age 43, he offered his counsel to a New York turf rider named Edward Cole. Cole was the only rider to whom Phil confided his methods. Three years later, Cole published the wisdom in a book called The Racing Maxims in Methods of Pittsburgh Phil. The book went out for print for decades, but found a second life, importantly, after it was reprinted in the 60s. Pittsburgh Phil provided a handicapping blueprint framed by antidote and aphorism matching the style in the modern volumes of Tom Ainsley, Andy Byer, Steve Davidowitz, and others that have followed Phil's original contribution. Seen this way, Phil was the first modern handicapper. He perfected the art of winners, and after a century after his death, his maxims and methods remain instructive, and in some cases, timeless. And, you know, I, I read over this, and they are. Phil approached the game not only logically, but philosophically. The lessons may sound like common sense, but only because they're asserted handicapping wisdom. Now, here you go. Here's, here's a few of his maxims. A good jockey, a good horse, a good bet. Plain and simple. If you've got the high percentage rider, horse, hey, team them together, and especially with the trainer's numbers. Now, this is before there was any real 
writing and, and calculation and, and uh, collaboration of events that have actually taken place. He had to do this the old-fashioned way, race by race. You cannot be a successful horse player if you're not going to get – If excuse me. You're not going to be a successful horse player if you are going to get the worst of the price all the time. Hence, stay away from the favorites all the time. Watch all the horse races closely. Trip handicapping has been Andy Byers beginning into the game, and Mike Watchmaker, many others have followed. Watch all the horse races closely. Know when to put a good bet down and when not to. Do not temper your bet to the price, which means if it's three to five, don't hammer because everybody else is. You know, the stock market uh, adage of, well, everyone else, I'm just going to follow the money. Bill was alone among the spectators and the spectacular bettors of his time. A headline-grabbing era of high rollers, sporting owners, and larger-than-life match races, he never went broke or lost his nerve betting ungodly sums of money. His scores put a dozen or so bookmakers out of business, and when he died, his estate came to almost $2 bucks, a sizable fortune in those days. All it came from playing the horses. Well, there you go. There's your little story. We've got a little recap. we got the biggins. we got Tyler Holding. And, and you know what? Pittsburgh, Phil, has always been a kind of one of those figures of a, of a Damon Runyon-esque era. But it's actually the truth. And just wanted to kind of pass it on to you as before we head out to our first break. And we're going to do so that now. We're going to head out to our first break. We're going to listen to a few commercials. And we're going to come back. We're going to be joined by one Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings. Nothing else to talk about. It's not football season, which ranks second to horse racing. We're going to get it under wraps. Talking about getting under wraps, we got a man online. He's been on hold, and he kind of jumped in. Very good friend of mine. Excellent man in racing, director of racing at Colonial Downs in Virginia, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer. Tyler, are you there? Yeah, and how's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Hey, man, you guys had a really, really nice race this week. I mean, the the all-along stakes was great. Yeah, no, very pleased with the all-along. Uh, you know, Aruna's a grade two winner. Uh, uh, Dinah Waltz, I think, is a grade three winner. And uh, Apple Charlotte is a, what, maybe a grade three winner. So, no, very, very pleased with the all-along. Uh, how, how you assembled a field is such, I mean, it, it's a grade three event. I mean, I took a look at it, and I was, I was astonished. I said, wait, there are some runners in here. It looks okay. And anytime Dominguez comes in town, it's, it's usually a lot of trips to get his picture taken. <laughs> well, we used to have some Breeders' Cup money on that, and then Breeders' Cup went to two days and, and pulled mm-hmm. their, uh, the Breeders' Cup fund money away from all the, all the tracks. So, you know, we had cut the purse a little bit just because we, you know, didn't have uh, – the extra money this year, but the, the Turf Cup, um, I was pretty pleased with it for the first year running uh, three and up. Um, basically what happened there is the, the HBPA came to us over the winter and asked us if we would open it up to older horses, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the idea being that hopefully we could get some, some previous runners, you know, to come back, Patio Prado, Battle of Hastings, and so forth, to come back and run with us and build a little momentum and fan recognition and, and name recognition. And, um, you know, unfortunately... Patio Prado was retired, and and uh, so was uh, Battle of Hastings. So, um, yeah, so it really didn't come to fruition quite the way we thought it would have. But still, for the, for the first year of the new condition, uh, very pleased with the way it came out. I mean, Court Vision came, and uh, Ray Strada, you know, it was a nice, uh, ran a nice race, and uh, you know, smart bid. So Graham had a good day. But uh, no, very very pleased with the Colonial Turf Cup this year. In fact, it's always a, a good weekend of racing. Uh, it seems like it just starts getting better and better as the days progress. Uh, I love turf racing. And, in fact, uh, you have two turf courses, correct? I mean, uh, as far as width, I'm not sure if one's wider than the other. Well, actually, we're, the turf course is 180 feet wide, and we run over 10 lanes. So every, every Saturday, we're on fresh grass. Uh, so we'll, you know, run lanes one and six, two and seven, you know, three and three and eight, um, and you know, rotate through the cycle, uh, you know, twice during the, during the course of the meet. And uh, with, you know, I might be a little biased, but I think, uh, you know, I, I think we could make the argument this is the best turf course in the country. Uh, you know, last year we ran 40 dirt races over uh, over 40 day meet. Everything else was on the turf. And we probably wouldn't have ran 40, but we came off the turf uh, mid-card one night. So we had to add a couple in there. But it's, uh, it's a monster. It's 100 and, let's say 180 feet wide. Um, the outer turf course is a mile and eight. The inner is a seven and a half. And uh, a one-turn mile and eight main dirt course. Um, you know, no, the racetrack is it's spectacular. 
That is incredible. And, you know, when you made mention of the turf courses, Tyler, you know, working at Keeneland and Churchill Downs, you've seen, you know, two pristine courses, one which hosts the Derby and a great undercard and the Breeders' Cup. So, you know, Churchill Downs speaks for itself. And Keeneland, in his own right, could probably do the same if they could house that many people. Oh, exactly. But, 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 you know, to say Colonial, you know, can, can hold their head in that ring, I mean, I think that speaks volumes. Well, I, I just, I just, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a turf course that could put up with the amount of uh, punishment we dish out over the course of the meet, you know. Um, you know, like I say, we're running eight a day on it right now, and uh, it's just, it's asking for more. Well, my man, uh, it always seems like it's always uh, sunshine. Even it might, might rain a bit, and then uh, or it probably rains for a whole lot for a while. Like Africa, it seems like it's pretty hot there at times. Oh yeah, it's uh, we were well, we've broken a hundred twice, I think already. Um, been in the upper 90s fairly often. It's cooled down a little bit this week, but it's now it's uh, you know starting to get muggy again. So I'm sure we've we've got storms all around us, and uh, you know, like I, said, I was watching the. Uh, Watching the radar earlier, thinking we were going to get get a little bit of rain, but luckily everything went around us. So, you know, another pretty night of racing at uh, Colonial. <laughs> I did watch the opener this evening. I was watching uh, against the odds in the background as they're chatting about the weather report. And it's funny how uh, those in the world of racing and handicappers pay <laughs> such attention to the weather channel. And T- Tyler, I-, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, as a friend, as someone in racing, you know, and, and looking for the candid answer, which you're always known to give a very direct answer. These economic times, at Colonial Downs, they've had to set themselves apart, or at least turn their hat into the ring with trying something different this meet. Oh yeah, yeah. We like we we went to the uh, we tried our Turf Cup, um, you know, at night uh, with with a five o'clock post, and uh, just trying to, you know. Two points are really just trying to beat the weather, let it cool down a little bit, and hopefully get some more, uh, you know, some more people to come out and, and see the live product. And um, you know, for the for the first year trying it, I, you know, I, I think it was okay. Uh, we may have left some simulcast dollars on the plate. Um, you know, it, it's hard to uh, <clears throat> it's hard to carry the public, you know, to eight o'clock at night uh, when everybody's out there on a Saturday afternoon playing and it's time to go home and. You know, light light the grill and you know get uh, you know get family to get uh, dinner together for the family and whatever. But uh, um, no, it, it was it was worth trying, and I, I think uh, we're going to try to run the uh, the derby this year at night, and you know with with the same concept to try to get uh, <clears throat> get more people out here and to you know to the facility. Are there any technological uh, changes and or things that uh, Colonial and the state of Virginia are attempting? I, I've read some blips and blurbs. We've got a, uh, a, a we've got our own ADW now. Uh, it's called Easy Horseplay. Uh, basically, it's for Virginia residents, um, and they've actually they're going they're taking these kiosks out and putting them in you know bars and, and animal clubs, you know elks and your lions clubs and things like that, and uh, they're actually doing doing pretty good with them. They're uh, I think the goal is to have a hundred of them out on the streets, um, you know, either by October or the, by the end of the year, anyways. Um, and they've actually, um, I think we're opening up uh, an office in uh, Las Vegas, and they're going to start selling these units to um, you know to other ADW companies. And you know, it, it, it's a, um, oh, uh, a a genie machine or a, you know a cash machine also. So there's uh, you know if the public's not going to come to you, you know you, you better go to the public, and that's you know that's what's what they're trying to do here. 
it sounds like the track is on a progressive movement. Uh, actually, you, you've had uh, had the uh, the honor and privilege of working for Keeneland, who once upon a time had eight races, no announcer, and one daily double. Uh, and then they turn the corner, and they're one of the innovators of wagering. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and you, like I say, you, you have to. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the... You know, time and tide waits for no one, and you better uh, you better get on board, or you know you'll be left behind. And in fact, that's why Hannah voted them the number one racetrack in the nation. Yeah. Tyler, Colonial Downs, riders, trainers, who do we need to watch? I I'm not putting you on the nickel, but I think you know all the names of the barns, the shippers, and people that target that beautiful track in Virginia. We've uh, you know jock wise, um, you know last year. Uh, I think uh, Camacho was your leading leading jock. Rosemary Holmeister, who I think you've got on the show later tonight, uh, was you know right behind uh, uh, Eric, and then Caramanos, uh, Sheldon Russell, and most of those guys are back this year. Um, Sheldon's back. I think he's leading right now with you know twelve or thirteen wins, something like that. Uh, Camacho, Forrest Boyce is having a good meet. Um, you know the trainer trainer standings. Uh, um, you know, Ferris Allen, um, uh, Hamilton Smith, Kathleen O'Connell, uh, Mike Pino, uh, Rodney Jenkins, uh, Dane Kibiski's with us this year. Uh, he won. He was the leading trainer at Laurel uh, this winter, and um, you know, all those guys are having having good meets. Uh, the owners, David Ross, um, you know, he's always supported Virginia Racing. Um, you know, PTK. You know, they're they're all they're all up there tied for, you know, uh, in, in the win standings right now. So. Um, same old players, you know, a couple, couple new faces here and there, but uh, um, you know, we're we're cruising right along. We've had uh, entries have been strong the first meet. Actually, this is the first time I pulled this stuff up, um, just because I don't want to jinx this. But uh, overall, right now, we're averaging uh, 9.38 on the uh, field size, and then on the turf alone, we're averaging 9.6, and the dirt alone, uh, 7.8. So entries are. Are good and fields are, are strong and uh, you know I think there's a lot of value out there for your players. Now your 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 stepfather Rick Lee could probably attest to even the struggles that Churchill Downs in Kentucky is undergoing with horse flesh. So you see a lot of six horse fields. Not to anyone's blame whatsoever. They're just not out there. They're racing other places. They're chasing the dollar. Right. You got they're, they're chasing the money and and you know a lot of times they're going where the competition's a little a little lighter. You know. If Fair I, enough. It's, you know, it's it's got to be the hardest job in the world to find horses that are just non-existent. They're they're heading other places, and well, and you can't blame them. Right. I mean, it's it's like uh, you know taking the freshman team out and trying to play the varsity squad. Oh, it would it would be terrible. Uh, it, it, I wouldn't want the job for a billion donuts. Right. Colonial Downs always puts on a on a very good show. I. I Always enjoyed it. By the way, it's it's been it's been top notch. I love turf racing, and I've watched the opener today. As I said, what big races, exact dates are coming that handicappers need to mark on their wagering calendar? Uh, we're, you know, we've got our uh, Virginia Derby and Virginia Oaks coming up on July 16th, um, and uh, you know, hopefully, I heard you talking about the the Jefferson Cup and the Regret and the the Hill Prince over. So hopefully, we'll get some of the the, the top you know three or four finishers out of those races to come. Uh, to come here and run, but um, yeah, that's that's our that's our big day. The Grade Two uh, Virginia Derby going a mile a quarter on the turf, six hundred thousand, and uh, the Virginia Oaks Grade Three going uh, for Philly three year olds going a mile an eighth on the turf, and that's that's our biggest day of the year. We've the other thing we've we've, we've done this year. Um, 
I, you know, I sort of always felt that the your your smaller stakes sort of get lost, um, you know, on on the weekends. You know, you're there's always somebody that has a big day out there. So we've taken five Virginia bread stakes and put them on the last uh, the last Saturday of the meet, uh, just trying to build a, a day around Virginia breads and Virginia racing, and we named it the Commonwealth Turf Fest. So hopefully uh, that'll catch on, and we'll you know we'll, we'll uh, find uh, some fan support for that as well. Well, it sounds like a fabulous day. I'll definitely be tuned in and uh, and uh, wagering uh, wagering dollars in mind and magic remote in hand. So I'll I'll be thinking about it and uh, and probably uh, acting upon it. Uh, once again, days of operation, post times. Uh, as a reminder, we're uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, five o'clock post, and Sundays at twelve fifty five. I always ended up with the fast five. Now these are. Nothing personal would come of this. We go back a long way, do we not? Oh, yeah, definitely. A, a long way. And, you know, I, I refer to it as my, my very good friend and totally mean it uh, through and through, and the check is in the mail. And I always end up with the Fast Five here. Are you willing to take the Fast Five? Sure. Let's let's uh, start the clock. <laughs> All right. Number one, being located in the middle of the country, a.k.a., wow, nowhere. Right. Uh, what do you do on your days off, my friend? Uh, you know what? A lot of time we'll spend uh, the place I stay here, uh, 130-acre reservoir. Uh, a guy I rent from gives me use of the you know, John boat and tackle, so we'll fish a little bit, head into Colonial Williamsburg. Um, and, you know, if, if the weather's right, I'll try to you know, catch an old battlefield and maybe walk around there. There's a, there's a lot of history here. Oh, I bet there is. And and I believe there's a beach uh, not too far away. Well, when I say not too far, but yeah, 80 uh, miles. That's uh, that's that's close enough. I I try not to go there. Uh, they <laughs> try to push me in or something, so I I keep my distance. Question two: Favorite track you've ever seen? I would have to say, uh, without a doubt, Keeneland. Um, Keeneland uh, does it right. You know, they're, they're, they spare no expense. If they if they have a project, um, say they're building a new sales arena or you know you know add on to the grandstand or something they want it done between meets so when you come in the next meet it's absolutely seamless so they'll have crews working you know three crews working around the clock and you come in and go where'd that come from and uh no keeneland does it absolutely right no doubt about it i concur just from a fan's perspective question three i always ask this and i know this is near and dear to your heart as well as mine where is your favorite restaurant and meal for you, Mr. Picklesheimer? Uh, big fan of Z's Oyster House and uh, Oyster Bar in, uh, in Louisville. Wow. Uh, Kobe beef steak, uh, big fan. <laughs> I thought it might have been Malone's in Lexington, but then I didn't know what you had in Virginia. Uh, well, uh, there's a couple nice spots here. It, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a big tourist town, so you've got to get off the tourist path and you know, find where the locals go. Uh, but you would always have that in. I have the feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Question four. Would you advise an interested party to try horse racing in a syndicate, a group, or other? Definitely. Um, you know, um, Toba does a, uh, a new owner seminar. Um, and, you know, the, the most important thing is to, for new owners to, to have a written contract. Um, that way... You know what's you know what the game plan is. The, the trainer knows what the game plan is. The, the, the partners, everybody's on the same page, and there's no he said she said. Or if there's a problem ever down the road, you've got a contract, you know, to to stand on. 
Um, that, that's my biggest advice to any, any anybody new getting into the game. And, and take your time. Shop around. You know, uh, interview some trainers. Uh, find someone that, that clicks with your personality and, and your goals. And, and uh, no, I definitely, um, I'd, I'd encourage anybody to get involved. I agree. Uh, I once knew this uh, small ownership blockhead stables, and uh, you know they had a they had a you know a mediocre amount of success, but boy did they have a lot of fun. And I, they used to eat in the the track kitchen each and every night. So it's always kind of neat. I, I agree to that. In the next five years, question five: Do you see a rebound for racing or more tough times? Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we've hit the bottom. Uh, you know, time will tell, I guess. But. Um, you know, I think we're we're still looking at at, at fewer race days, um, just in order to to keep purses up uh, over the next couple of years. And you know, I, I think the racetracks have, have got to be uh, more aggressive, uh, do some more things like Colonial has done here with their easy horse play. Um, you know, and go out and, and recruit the gamblers. Um, you know, um, you know, we're going to bring <coughs> um, on Derby Day, Virginia Derby Day. We're going to invite uh, some of our easy horseplay customers out and and uh, maybe some folks from the OTBs out and, and and show them to a good time here at the races and I, I think that's uh you know you have to keep your your core customers uh happy and you know I think that's a good way to start I think it's incredible and and to actually acknowledge their uh, their value as players fans it just it just goes on and on Tyler I need to make my way to Colonial I, I keep saying each and every summer I I want to be there, and you know, well, if I say it now, I might come in five years. Well, I tell you I, what, we got a spot for you in the podium uh, July 16th. You can be our guest handicapper if you want to make the drive. Uh, open invitation, but uh, you want to come down on the 16th, we'll put you up in the hotel, and uh, uh, you can <laughs> you know, have, have a big time at it. I would like that. I noticed you didn't say, hey, Ed, you can stay at my house. It's put me up in a hotel 30 well, yeah, miles you don't away. Want to, you don't want to fold out a couch. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I run a little one-bedroom here while I'm in town. But uh, uh, we'll put you up out at the airport or Williamsburg, uh, bring Gus out, and uh, do the uh, do the Williamsburg uh, tour. Go down and see uh, uh, Colonial Williamsburg. I think you'd enjoy it. I think I'm leaning towards it. I, I think I'm going to take you up on it and put you in the corner and see if you can actually – uh, put up with me for that weekend. Uh, done deal. Tyler, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you and wish you great success with your meet and the best success of you. for you, of course, my friend. We'll be looking for you in the winter circle, and hopefully I'll be seeing you before July 16th. All right, good luck with the show, and uh, tell Rosie uh, we send her best, and uh, we, uh, we miss her here at Colonial. That we will. Thanks a lot, Tyler. Appreciate your time, my friend. All right, thanks for having me. Bye. All righty, Tyler Picklesheimer, Colonial Downs. We're going to jump right into our next guest. And Winning Ponies is glad to take in the pleasure. This is possibly one of the happiest, most positive people I've ever had the opportunity to chat with here for Winning Ponies. Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have back on Lady H, Miss Rosemary Homeister. Rosie, are you there? I'm here. How are you, Ed? I'm doing very well. Thank (laughs) you for taking time to join us, my girl. What a great interview you did with Tyler. Please tell him I said hello, and I do miss Colonial and everybody there. Uh, he's a great guy. We've known each other forever, and and it's almost uh, it's almost like a little little brother syndrome. Uh, we we go back such a long way, and he's such a good man for racing. And the last thing I think you may have heard, he said, "Tell Rosie we miss her here, at Colonial." Yes, I heard that. It was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good fellow. Well, once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, Give us a little insight. What's going on in the life of Rosemary Homeister? 
<laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> Yo, I maybe a little. <laughs> well, um, I am now 28 weeks pregnant, and I'm having a little girl, which her name would be Ashley Rose, with my boyfriend, Erwin Rosendo, which um, he's a jockey as well. He's riding in Presque Isle Downs, and he actually won a race tonight. Um, so he's doing pretty good over there. And I am back into real estate. I'm working with Rent Solutions, um, a company that specializes with um, helping homeowners rent and get their homes rented by qualified tenants and also working with tenants placing them. And it's I love it because it, I just started with them about a week ago and it has just turned my whole life around because being pregnant has just been an emotional roller coaster for me and being back in something that helps me feel accomplished and becoming successful again. Um, this company just invests a lot of time in the, their team of realtors that they have on board to help them become successful. And I really just want to thank um, Steve Olerking, which is the broker, and Eric Pledger, which is our team leader. And I'm actually a, um associate, a real estate associate for Keller Williams, and I just came on board as of yesterday. Um, with had a great meeting with Tracy Strobe, which is the broker. So I'm really surrounding myself with a great bunch of people and happy to be back in real estate doing something. <laughs> well, it's always glad to be doing something. Well, you're doing possibly the most important thing. Winning Ponies, uh, we, we'd like to extend our congratulations. We, we think it's wonderful for you and Irwin, the, the great news, and uh, mom, baby, and the, and everyone to come out uh, just uh, smelling like a rose, as they say, uh, and everything <laughs> everything great. And, and yes, you are right. Irwin is a very talented writer. Uh, in fact, did he ever uh, boot up at uh, Thistledown? Um, yes, he did. I think he did very well there. I think he wrote a lot for Tim mm-hmm. Ham, and he's yes. actually riding for Tim Ham at Prescott Downs. I think he's won um, a couple races for him already. So he's um, it's it's been a little slow start at Prescott Isle for him, but I think um, it's such a big jockey colony over there that there's more riders than horses. So it's he's starting to pick up now. He's had about four wins, and um, but he's trying. He's um, working hard every day, and he's trying to make our baby fun bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll take care of the rest. I I, I think this is yep. a great teamwork, and he is a heady rider as well as yourself. And that led me right into the next one. I when your when your feet hit the floor in the morning, do you miss racing in the intense competition? I do. I, you know, I do miss it, and I really miss all the people that I worked with every day, like the trainers, um, the people that, you know, the grooms, and even just being around the horses. And I can say I have been in touch with a um, a few trainers um, throughout my pregnancy so far. Um, Eric Reed and his wife Kay have been like, they're like my best friends. They've been wonderful with me and very supportive. Tom Proctor, he checks in on me every two to three weeks. Always calls me Mama Rose. How you feeling? I actually <laughs> called him and Helen Pitts this morning because I heard Churchill got hit by a tornado. Yes. Um, yes, last night. So I just was checking on, make sure they're okay. You know. And um, Jonathan Shepard, I talk to him um, every couple weeks. He's always checking on me and. Hammy Smith, my Hammy, I miss Hammy, you know, riding for him in Maryland and uh, Colonial. And Kathleen O'Connell, I still keep in contact with her, like, 
maybe three or four times a month. You know, so it feels really good because I, I, they kind of keep me in the loop. They let me go, know what's going on with racing and my valet, Richie. Um, he, I, I miss him tremendously because I rode a lot at Colonial in Maryland. And Richie was like my big brother, my buddy, my dad, you know, and not being in the room with him riding, he was like my biggest supporter in the jocks room and like my rock, my strength. And, you know, we keep in touch. He always texts me to check on me. And it's just that, you know, little bit of touch with the racing, it keeps me in it, you know. And my mom, she's a horse trainer down at Calder Racecourse for ooh, 35 years. So anytime Erwin wins and I'm at work or something, she's like, Erwin just won, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it kind of keeps the the spirit of racing alive in me, you know. So, I, I, I mean, I do hard. miss it. I miss the fans because they're so wonderful. And, you know, without the fans, racing is kind of boring in a sense. You know, you don't want to come riding down the lane and nobody's cheering for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be hard-pressed to extinguish that fire in you. You, you were such a, a fierce competitor, and, you, you know, you, you were as honest as the day is long aboard every mount, and it was always so much fun watching you ply your trade. There, there's so many wonderful riders out there. I, I think, in my opinion, they're actually the, the, the most greatest and talented and strongest athlete pound for pound out there. Thank you. And, you, you know, know, and it's funny because um, working with Rent Solutions, um, my broker, Steve Ollerking, he said that to me the other day. He goes, you know, he goes, I know you told me you were a jockey. He goes, I looked you up. He goes, I was very impressed with what I found. <laughs> he goes, I didn't expect that. And he says, if you can bring that determination and competitiveness and commitment into real estate he goes you will be very very successful and for him to say that and to actually take the time to look into my career and what I did and what I accomplished and to actually you know do that and you know give me a compliment like that it just makes me want to work harder and be make him and his company more successful because they're helping me to become successful in a different career path as of right now they sound like great people that uh, they are. If they they take people and and they they grow them to the best of their potential. That mm-hmm. that's a powerhouse operation. But on the flip side of that coin, on the complete flip side, the <laughs> million dollar question: Would you ever return to the saddle? Now I know you're about ready to be a mother. I know there's so many things going on in your life. Are, can you rule out the saddle? I can't rule it out. But that is the million-dollar question <laughs> that I get all the time from racing fans or trainers or, you know, owners that I talk to. And as of right now, I can't say either yay or nay because I everybody tells me when that little baby gets into my arms, my whole life is going to change, my whole world. my I'll never feel as much love for something as I will for my baby. So I just want to enjoy it and see where, you know, see where it takes me. I don't know if I'll ever come back or if I will. And if I do, I don't know when yet. It's just I don't want to think that's too far in advance because, whew, have enough emotional <laughs> roller coaster in my brain right now. But as of right now it's definitely not out of the question. But like I said, I'm I'm really happy that I got back into real estate and it's 
kind of pulled me out of, I mean, you know, when I first found out I was pregnant, it was um, a shock. And I've put a long blog on my website, jockeyrose.com, explaining from the start up to now what went through my mind, how, I mean, I was very, I was in shock. Like, I was devastated. I was embarrassed. I was um, scared. I mean, so many things went through my mind that I didn't even know what to do. I mean, how my boyfriend Erwin put up with me through those months because I just cried and, you know, the day I had to give up riding and my career and I just felt like I was letting down my fans, the trainers that I rode for, you know, it, it was it was really a strange feeling and, you know, my the, the best of friends in my life, um, Nikki Smith, my best friend Millie Villamar and Sharon Davis and my friend Wanda and my cousin Nicole, I mean, they stuck by me every single day and called me. Even my friend Rachel Lavoy, Inez Carlson, which you know is a very famous jockey, um, and Maria Charles, they're both pregnant right now. So we, like the three of us, kind of connect on a weekly basis to see how we're all doing and feeling and you know, they're like, are you feeling this yet? Or did you go through this yet? You know, so that helped me a lot because I had, I went through a lot of depression, not knowing, you know, what was coming next. And then the weight gain, you know, being so fit and trim as a rider, you start gaining all this weight and then water weight. And then, you know, I was 110 pounds. I'm 145 pounds right now. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't even look at a scale anymore. I think I threw the scale in the garbage like uh, the fourth month I was pregnant. I said, forget it. I don't want to look at a scale again, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, it's just, I, let me tell you, any woman that you ever see with children or that is pregnant, shake their hand or say, you're amazing because this has got to be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it is the most wonderful, and it will be the, probably the biggest blessing in my life as well. And I know that. you know. So it took me a long time to get to the point I'm at now. So, you know, it is just life-changing. I, wow, I think it's a beautiful thing. And, and comma, I probably would bet a nickel that you're just as beautiful, if not more radiant than ever, being with child. And we're going to call this the $10 million question, not just the $1 million. I don't think that does it justice. Rosemary, for, for new lady riders. Now, riders, lady riders, but since sometimes the gals, they may be outnumbered by the guys, for the lady riders especially, or those looking to break into the sport, do you have any words of wisdom from a rider of your caliber? Commitment. I learned that from, <laughs> I have to say it again, because he's a great guy, Steve Olerching at Rent Solutions. He said, if you can commit, you can succeed. And that in racing, that is the biggest thing. You have to commit to want to do it. You have to have it in your heart, in your mind, and you have to really be passionate about it because racing is a very, very stressful emotional roller coaster, mind and body. And if you could get through those things and be willing to learn and learn from other riders, um, trainers, because you're going to constantly be critiqued, believe in yourself, stay strong, believe that you're a you're going to be a good rider because you have to learn along the way and you never stop learning. And I just want to mention Forrest Boys. 
when she mm. was starting to ride um, a couple of years ago, I mean, she was lucky to get the scraps. I mean, she rode the worst of the worst and never complained, always came to the room. She was real quiet, you know, but she always listened. She would ask questions, you know, but, you know, she just, you know, when I, I felt bad for her and she just stayed in it, she committed to it, she worked hard, and last year, right at the tail end of the Colonial Downs meet, she just took off, and she kept perfecting her style. She would always ask me questions, you know, um, can you watch my race or style-wise, and I would always talk to her and try to help her, and she has just really, really turned into a, an exceptional female jockey. And, you know, you hate to say female, but you know what? She's an exceptional female rider. She has a good head on her shoulders. She rides smart. And I'm so proud of her because I watched her grow, you know, as an apprentice and then now into a journeyman. And um, it's that's commitment. That's being out there every day, not giving up, because it's a tough, it is a tough game. You can be up one day and hit bottom the next. You know, and you just have to know that you could, the next day could be better. Or even, you know, in racing, I used to say I'm taking it race by race because every race changes. You could win two in a row and then be last the next couple of races. The next day, you won't win anything. The next week, you don't win anything. You're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I can't win. And then all of a sudden, you just start winning like crazy. So, you know, it's it's a cycle in a sense, but it's really staying focused, being committed and passionate for racing because it will give back more. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster, but it will give back to you so much, you know, just appreciating the horses because the reason all in racing is because of the racehorse. If we didn't have the racehorse, there wouldn't be no racing, you know. And for me, I tried to appreciate every horse I was on. I felt and treated them like they were my own, you know, and I I just felt like they gave me so much in my life that that's where I am today. And I, and that's why I'm, like, happy I'm going to be a mom because I want to give back to my daughter and teach her. Let me tell you, at six months, she will be on a pony immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to learn how to ride. I want her to love animals, you know, if she if she wants to be a jockey one day, great. But if not, it's okay. I want her to follow her dreams and be passionate about something. But it's you know I I think now like you know wow it was so crazy when I first felt like I was pregnant. I thought my whole world was over. You know I lost everything and but now it's like now I have something to give back to my little girl. You know and teach. So it's it's exciting. Oh, it's emotional. <laughs> what a trade-off! I don't want to start crying. <laughs> Please, uh, it's 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 a it's a wonderful thing. You, you've you've had a great career that may or may not be over. As a fan, if I if I don't see you ride again, I'll have some wonderful memories. And as a fan, again, if I see you aboard, I'll know what to expect. That that we can always expect <laughs> that one hundred and ten percent. Rosemary, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to wish you and the baby the very very best, and and we, we hope to see you in the saddle again but that's just me wishing but i'd be content if you're just happy uh, we know what to expect now we know the gal's name 
And if you hang up yes. your boots, we're, we're, we're not going to hold anything against you, but we're definitely going to be rooting for you. So have Thank a great you. and blessed day. You and Irwin and new baby, nothing but the best from Winning Ponies. And thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Take care and good luck to you, too. Yes, ma'am. Rosemary Homeister getting us uh, all caught up on her life and what is happening. A whole lot is happening. I'm telling you, one heck of a rider. I, I hate to see her go. I cashed some tickets, a whole lot of tickets on her. At, uh, at Tampa Bay, I mean, she just tortured them. She just beat on them. She was a bridesmaid three times in, uh, for the last three meets. Bam, 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 and, and just really just unloaded. But she's going through the emotional roller coaster of being a parent, and I think she's going to come out on top. Oh, they say the cream rises to the top, and I, I think, in fact, that will be exactly what happens. This Saturday, what's happening? Uh, June 25th? Can you believe it's June 25th already? It was just Derby Day yesterday. How about Prairie Meadows? Got the Prairie, a big Iowa is going to be red hot. Prairie Meadows, the Cornhusker, grade three, 300,000. Prairie Meadows again, the Iowa Derby, grade three, 250,000. It's grade three. Belmont, Mother Goose, grade one, 250,000. Woodbine, the King Edward Stakes, a grade two event. Prairie Meadows again, the Iowa Oaks, a grade three event. Parks has the Donald Levine Memorial. Woodbine has the My Dear Stakes. Hollywood, the Hollywood Oaks, it's a grade two event. Monmouth has the Boiling Springs, Boiling Springs, I should say, grade three event. Once again, Belmont Park, New York Stakes, grade two. Delaware has the Sweet and Sassy. Arlington has the Springfield. Arlington also has the Purple Violet. Churchill Downs has the Debutante. Archie, Arlington, a few more. The White Oak Handicap and the Isaac Murphy Handicap and the Black Tie Affair and the Lincoln Heritage. Chicago's going to be rocking. Mammoth Park, the Lighthouse Stakes. Louisiana Downs, the Minstrel Stakes for $50,000. Five on the Weeds. Louisiana Downs has the Princess. River Downs has the Cincinnati. And Hastings has the Vancouver Sun Handicap. Colonial has the Buckland Stakes. Should have asked Tyler who all is coming in for that. Pleasanton has the Almeda County Phillies. Lincoln Fair, the Lincoln Derby. Marquis has the Saskatoon Handicap. That is what is happening this week. We've got about four minutes till it is time to shut things out. And you know what? That leaves us just enough time to do some handicapping with some of the plays that I really like for this weekend. And please write them down in pen. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm a big boy. Eh, maybe not. But I'll do my best. Belmont race number six. It's the New York handicap. It's grade two, a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. I like the six Giants playing here. Seven to two, Rajiv Marat for Christophe Clement. And the second off a layoff in the Chiefs head bay. Ran a beautiful second and ducked in. Now, you have to go back and watch the race, and if not, just believe you me. Giants play is worth the value, and especially at seven to two, Rajiv Marat, I, I think, is, is going to be going to be bet down. If you can get that, take it. But I, I have the feeling you're going to see probably five to two ish. You know, three to one would be a gift. But you know, if you can lock it up seven to two, roll it and uh, take it because I think uh, Rajiv is going to get a lot of respect. Uh, you know, is uh, up up there for this the remainder of this meet. Belmont race number nine, the Mother Goose. It is a Grade One event in here. It, it, to me, it's just all joyful victory. Uh, nine to five, and and I'm just going to say no more joyful victory uh, run in the Oaks. And uh, nine to five is a good price. No way you're ever going to get that. But I'm also going to use over the one. That's Victoria's Wildcat at twelve to one. David Cullen for Bob Hess. 
Yes, Bob Hess, the once upon a time from California man. Now, if you go back in the last four races, three of which are winners. So I'm going to take Joyful Victory on top of Victoria's Wildcat. That's going to be my steamer exacta. Then we go to Woodbine, and that is the grade two King Edward, a mile on the weeds. I'm going to go with the 11 Society's chairman, Garrett Gogo Gomez, and Roger Adfield. He's seeking to have a huge weekend. Now, this horse is eight years old by Not Impossible and Irish Bread. In the Maker's Market, Keeneland come rolling like gangbusters, swinging seven wide on a good course. I think society's chairman is seven to two. You'll get seven to two, and Gary Gomez, you're going to get one heck of a price right there. Prairie Meadows Race Eight, Grade Three Iowa Derby. I like a long shot in here. Well, not really a long shot. It's a nice, sweet price, though. It is the sixth. Dreaming of the win, eight to one. Terry Thompson, three off a layoff for uh, Mr. Trout, uh, exits the uh, Lone Star Derby for $200,000 and made up some ground, and, and we're going to go turf to dirt. I think the shock here is going to get Dream of the Win right where he needs to be and actually has shot more bullets in the morning than Jesse James, but I see Dream of the Win at 8-1, to one, and Terry Thompson knows his way to the winner's circle. And then we're going to shift our attack, and we're going to go to Hollywood. That is race 8, the Hollywood Oaks, grade 2, a mile and a 16th on the poly track. Plum Pretty's in here. Martin Garcia is aboard for Bob Baffert. You know, Baffert is shipping across land, and Martin Garcia is not going. He's staying in California. He's riding Plum Pretty because he won in the Oaks on Plum Pretty at 6-1. to one. I think the race was not a fluke. Prior to that, wins by 25 in the Sunland Oaks. And that caught her eye, winning by 25, and comes back and hangs on to win in the Oaks. I think she matures a mile and eighth back to a mile sixteenth. Plum Pretty... Yes, she is. And then we're going to go to Churchill Downs. Churchill Downs, race 10, the debutante. It's a grade three event. I like the seven culottes in here. Got a lot of speed. Uh, Leander Goncalves, Goncalves, excuse me, for Tom Amos. Amos is winning 37%. The dam is 100% with two-year-old winners. And this is a two-year-old filly by Sky Mesa. And the... Maiden special rate, they were 51 and 3 going 4 and a half, and she won by 5 and a quarter lengths. Leonard Gonsalves, right man at the right time. Bruce Mahan is not, he is not going to be aboard, but Gonsalves is, is a very adequate pilot. I think he'll do quite well. That was an impressive uh, run over the Churchill service, and I think you're going to get that again here. Dueled and drew clear, and if you get 2 to 1, consider that a win on Kulat the speedster well time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing this week is no different winning ponies would like to thank mr tyler picklesheimer from colonial downs a very good friend of mine and a very good man in racing and lady h miss rosemary homeister for taking time to be with us fill us in her life will she come back will she not only time will tell but we hope the baby comes that healthy mom and baby you're going to do fine and you most importantly for tuning in with us so until next week may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.